This week, we're really excited to have Alundas Havens on the show, a multifaceted individual whose roles include being a dedicated father, a Marine, a loving husband, a servant leader, a business owner, entrepreneur, and a podcast host. Alundas's unique approach to teaching stems from a profound place of vulnerability, delving into the intricacies of his own struggles as a man to resonate with his fellow brothers. His energy is a focused force dedicated to aiding his past self in navigating life's challenges, whether it involves stacking wins or unraveling the reasons behind self-imposed limitations. Alundas is on a quest to discover how individuals can transform into eternal warriors, evolving in every aspect of life. As a guest on Disruptive Minds, Alundas brings a wealth of insights, blending personal experience with a commitment to empowering others on their journey to self-discovery and growth. Welcome, Alundas. You are listening to the Disruptive Minds Podcast, home of the entrepreneur. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alundas. I'm real excited to talk about finding your purpose and you know how your purpose can be used throughout your life to help guide you and find motivation. Yes, sir. Thank you again, Bill, for having me on, brother. Yeah, so I was wondering, could you let the listeners into a little bit about who you are and what is your background? Yes, sir. So uh, my name is Lundis Havens. Um, a little bit about my story without getting too deep into it uh, was I grew up with uh, parents who just had me young, you know, and they're battling their own vices. And uh, with that came, you know, substance abuse issues. Uh, it came with, you know, low morale it came with bad decision making, um, a lot of generational trauma they had put on with other ex- uh, external trauma that was on me to where um, I never was able to be my own self because in one house it was, you know, be the player, be the executor, no excuses, don't be a B mentality. The other house was conservative, don't say anything too brash, don't jump into your own self. Uh, my stepdad had a strong belief system and didn't like uh, my particular race. So it was very difficult for me because I felt like I couldn't be myself uh, authentically in my own skin there. So it made me have all these limiting beliefs and so forth to where uh, I ended up getting in the Marine Corps and uh, at 19 became my own boss in the Marine Corps and really sort of having a lot more life problems because uh, all the things that didn't get taken care of started to just seep everywhere. So uh, I had a traumatic event where my stepdad was going to shoot my wrestling coach And it kind of had me spiraling out of control. Uh, The reason why was I didn't really know how to handle that situation and didn't have the right resources for that. And at the same time, uh, I had three of my good buddies at that time passed away. So I'm thinking about death and I'm just totally not in the right mind space. So I ended up hurting my body in the Marine Corps and got out and was like, well, I need to do something better. And then uh, the greatest thing was eight days before my daughter was born, I started a podcast called The Winner's Paradigm where I started talking about recalibrating your mindset and really just talking about all the things we suppress as men. And for me, you know, it was drinking a gallon of whiskey, uh, feeling like I couldn't go to anyone or go to a therapist per se and talk about my problems because it was always something. And for me, uh, I was running from it. So I really been on this journey the past two years of talking about that healing, uh, helping other men and then having them start podcasts now and having them transform uh, transform other people's lives in business and in life. So it's been an amazing journey because I just speak directly from the heart. And I talk to that man who feels like he's broken and feels like that everything, you know, isn't what he wants to be aligned with in life. 
Yeah, it's a real roller coaster there. And you went through a whole lot. And, you know, it really shapes who you become. And I feel like you found your purpose, right? Like, it all comes full circle. But what I wanted to get in today is the idea of like, what is purpose? And how do we find that? Oh, that is good. And I love uh, that's the number one thing I love talking about, you know, is what is our purpose? Yeah, it's a it's a difficult question. I feel like purpose is really where motivation stems from. But it's always such an elusive thing, right? Like one time you think it's one thing and then life changes and it shifts, right? So how would you define purpose? Oh, that's a good question. I would say your purpose is your moral compass that guides you and allows you to see what you would want in life and how it's going to make you fulfilled when you're able to live in that particular way that you've created for yourself. Do you think it's more of the moral compass aspect or do you think that it's more of a uh, finding a calling or like a duty or yeah how how would how would you grapple with all these different things that people like to talk about when they talk about purpose yeah absolutely in in thank you for pointing that out uh the reason why i said moral compass was i was just thinking about uh purpose in conjunction with the foundational principles it's going to take for us to live within that purpose uh so yes you know we're going to have to find the calling and so forth but I, one thing I do not like, you know, is when people are like, oh, I need to find my purpose. I need to find my purpose. And they go seek all these outer things, thinking that all this outsourcing is going to help when in reality, you know, the, whenever you need to heal something, it starts with the inner. So you don't go outer to fix inner things that are stemming from you. Uh, so that's why I talk about like, the moral compass. And I talk about the foundational principles. Because if we figure out, you know, hey, this is what my calling is, or for me, for instance, uh, I know for it is, it's like, I've went through all these traumatic events in my life. Uh, I've been abused, I've had drinking problems, I've made bad decisions in my marriage, like, I can go down the whole laundry list of that. But one of the things for me that aligns to my purpose and my calling is the way I live my life every single day. And that's talking to other men. And it's being vulnerable and sharing that journey and saying, hey, you know, if we've all been through all these traumatic things or these tough times, then it molds us into being better human beings, but it's a lifestyle that's the way we live because at the same time, you know, I can be aligned to my purpose and not do the right things, uh, which is going to take me further away from it. But I know for me, you know, it starts with doing the same principles every single day, no matter how I'm feeling. And it has to be, you know, in conjunction with continually doing it. Or if not, you know, that's where your alignment gets thrown off. That's where you take that bad position. And you're like, man, you know, I'm really just going through the motions here. I really like the fact that you point out it's an internal thing, not an external thing. So a few weeks ago, we had a guy on and he was talking about how when people are looking for motivation, they usually look to the outside, right? They look at what other people are motivated by, whether it's money or cars or status, and they project that on themselves. And because of this, a lot of times people aren't motivated because they're not looking for the things that actually motivate them, right? And it, I think it's similar with purpose mm -hmm. where purpose is something that you create, right? It's it's something that's yours. It's not something that the rest of the world has. You don't have to have this, you know, uh, my purpose is to be a multi-billionaire global magnet who, 
you know, is benevolent and kind, right? Like that doesn't have to be your purpose. You don't have to have this universal purpose that society tells you you're made for. It's an internal thing where you set it for yourselves, right? It, it, it's something you got to look inside. You got to be honest with yourself. And through that honesty and through that discovery, you can find purpose. Amen, brother. And I, and I love that, you know, and I think that's why uh, I love talking about that, you know, is it's the internal versus the external um, perspective and really looking at it because I found that for myself was no matter how much I sought, you know, from the external world, from other people, uh, it still just didn't heal with what was within. And I love the way you mentioned that, you know, we do look at the flashy things, we do look at uh, what it wants to be. And for me, I love to say that as like, yeah, I absolutely want those things in life. And I'm absolutely going to get those things. Uh, and the reason why is because I'm creating the man that is responsible for having those things. And that's going to be able to make these sound decisions when he gets those things. And then also teaches, you know, everyone around him, like, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter, you know, the belief systems, because I was always taught that you can't have those things or uh, my dad got a Corvette, for instance, and my mom would say, oh, he's just materialistic and so forth, which was true because in his case, you know, he went and sought the uh, attention. But for me, when I thought about it was like, I grew up with hearing you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be this. And it's like, well, if that's what I want to create for myself, then I'm absolutely going to do that. And I'm going to share that offering with the world and let them know exactly how they can create that for themselves as well. Yeah, it, it's really about looking inside because there's a lot of distractions in life and there's people always tugging in all these different directions there's always something shiny to go chasing right but like you said it's all internal it's all part of your circle it's all part of what's going on in your world so what i wanted to get into is how purpose can be turned from like this internal thing that you know we're all aware of we're all cognizant of into a tool to help you better yourselves and you know push forward into your life Ooh, another great point right there uh, so so again you know i'd reach on it uh if you're trying to figure out how to use that purpose you know and put it to that great lens for you uh i think we got to make it quantifiable and make it simple for us to follow every single day uh and that's you know looking at who, uh, and I talk to men. So I always talk about, you know, that man that you admire, the man that you're becoming and you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm proud of you, you know? So really it's looking at that person and saying, how do they live their life every single day? And how do they show up for themselves? How do they show up for everyone around them? And that's going to allow you to be able to see that, Hey, you know, if I'm going to live in this purpose, like I say, I am, it's going to require some work for me, but it's consistent. And it's a two phase, you know, the first phase is accepting it, that it's going to be difficult. And the second phase is going to be, uh, you know, changing that mindset from I have to do all these things to I get the opportunity to do all these things that continually make me better, even though it may mean, you know, having my own morning routine or having uh, a journaling practice that helps me or having, you know, uh, a workout regimen or something that allows me to decompress and just really uh, hone into my emotions when the time comes so I don't have any lack of judgment or fall back to my old previous ways. Uh, so that's where I love to talk about that with men is like, hey, you know, if you want to create something or if you want to get better, because again, I talked about, you know, my drinking problems. I talked about making bad decisions. Like all those things were off impulse versus me understanding exactly where I'm coming from, 
where the hurt was coming from and how I need to show up better so I can become that best, better version of myself and continually prove it. Because even when you're changing, it's the hardest part because people don't believe in you because of your past actions. And you get a little hard on yourself sometimes. And you're like, man, you know, I messed up with my wife and I'm trying my hardest and it's been years and she's still thinking of me as my previous self. So it's like, you have to continually step into that role and understand that, hey, uh, just because your actions let you hurt in other people, doesn't mean that you are still that same person. You've done those mistakes, but you've grown from it. And it just goes on the way that you carry yourself, you speak and the inner dialogue is what's going to change that game for you. Yeah, I was really thinking about, there's an old saying that true hell is when the person you are meets the person you could have been, right? I, I was thinking about that while you were saying that because a lot of what you bring up are the self-defeating beliefs, right? The the idea that, you know, sometimes you fall off the wagon. And what I think is interesting is it's usually meant as like a negative thing, the idea of you know, when you meet the person that you could have been. But I think in a weird way, it's kind of also an inspirational thing, right? Because when you finally meet that person or discover Mm -hmm. that person, you now have a target, right? You now have something to strive for. And I, I think that even with all the negative stuff going on in your life or all the muddled things going on in in your life that you see that other people don't see when you see this, you know, shining beacon out there, you know, and you go, wow, I wish I could be that guy or wow. I wish I was more like that. It's not an end all be all because life is perfect. First of all, but second of all, it is a target, right? Because if you don't know what the end goal is, it's kind of hard to achieve that goal, right? Like the statement, I want to be better is a great statement, but it doesn't really say how you're going to be better, right? It doesn't really say where you want to focus, where you want to improve. And I, I think that's something you're you're getting at here is when you're talking about like the deeper problems behind alcoholism, for example, right? Like, yes, I want to quit drinking. Well, why do I want to keep drink, quit drinking, right? Like, what is the goal behind that? How am I going to do it, right? And you begin to start to build a blueprint to get to that end result, right? The first step is knowing you want to change. The second step is discovering the roadmap or the blueprint on how you're going to get there. Amen. And that was exactly what it was for me, uh, was understanding that. But two, also uh, just looking at the decision-making that was not good and what it was leading me to and uh, the external, you know, I was looking at other people that I surrounded myself with that were doing the same things, or even that, you know, in our culture, society, we like to say that drinking, partying is uh, so great. And we we love to promote this, uh, especially, you know, with as you age, it's like, oh, you can socially drink and it's easy. And I was looking at people's lives and I was like, man, I don't want to live like them. <laughs> uh, and that guy that I look up to isn't going to be doing those things. And when you subtract it, so I subtracted all that and I created the new human being. It was like, well, now people don't like me because I'm not in the same room screaming, what's up, you know, mother effers and uh, going crazy all the time. And I'm talking to people about what their purpose is and how they're showing up in life. And hey, man, how your family doing? And everybody's like, you're coming out of left field with all these new ideas. Uh, <laughs> so it changed, you know, their perception of me. And then that second factor was uh, talking about it in 
insane. You know, for me, it was a lot that I was working through and I was hurting and, and suppressing uh, to where when I started speaking about it, it was uncomfortable for other people because, again, you know, they looked at me as the past and they're like, well, how did this guy just stop drinking? And now he's, why is he con uh, condemning everybody for drinking? And it wasn't that I was trying to condemn. I was just saying, hey, you know, we have this popular culture that likes to say drinking super cool. And if you're not drinking uh, or you're in a social setting, sometimes they'll try to make you feel uncomfortable. And it's like, man, you don't need that in your life because a lot of the time when people remove it, they start realizing, oh, you know, this is putting me further away from where I'm trying to go. Yeah, I think that comes back full circle to the idea of the internal versus external thing, right? Because internally, you're waking up on Saturday afternoon, you're feeling great, right? You're going for a walk with the kids, you're going down to the park, right? You, you feel good, you feel more productive, you feel like you're going forward. And this is all in all a good feeling, right? It, it's a feeling of, you know, happiness and success that comes from achieving this goal. And then on the outside, you have society where, you know, you're looking at Grey Goose ads on television and, you know, your friends are out at a party this night and your other friends are out at another party the other night. And it looks like this good time because all you're seeing is the Instagram post, but you're not feeling the hangover the next morning, right? You're not feeling your entire Saturday morning gone, right? You're not feeling the conflict you might've had with somebody while drunk, right? It's, it's the internal versus the external thing because all those internal things are a lot more important than the external photo that gets posted to Instagram. And it's like this with more things in life than even just alcohol. It can be with career decisions. It can be with family decisions. It can be with, you know, just general life decisions. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, that goes into what we believe and what's important to us as human beings um, because a lot of people don't realize that you know and it's so easy to go on that path you know make those uh impulse decisions or just even in the moment you know um not understanding who we are which makes us stay safe and uh we continually just go down that path so i was actually just talking to one of my buddies last night who i used to just live on this dude's couch in high school because uh, i didn't want to be home because it was literally getting in arguments with my parents, getting kicked out, and uh, my stepdad would go on his radical belief system, and I'd be like, man, you can't be thinking that way, and two, it's awesome to know that certain people still think that way in the world, so I would get in trouble for having a mouth, and uh, I was talking to one of my buddies, and he he's a goofball, so he was saying, you know, it's fun to get in trouble, and uh, he's he was um, getting his legal citizenship, and he was talking about how us as Americans have it easy versus him coming from Mexico, and uh, in the past, he would talk about just being a goofball and how that was okay. And last night he called me and he was like, hey, man, uh, I'm going through it. And I came to you because I look up to you. And you know what? I am wrong for those things. And I've waited all this time and I've pushed it and I've made these bad decisions and I've took the easy career choice and I didn't finish college. And you know what? It's not leading me to where I want to be. And I was like, you know what? You're 100% right. But the good thing is, is you see it. You can make those changes and you can still do what you need to do. And I was like, I'm not going to be here and I'm not going to beat you up for it. I may tell you that you need to push yourself harder and tell you what you don't want to hear. But my goal is to help guide because I've been through that. I know exactly how it feels to, uh, I got out the Marine Corps and uh, I went into, you know, home improvement sales, which I was starting a family. So it was not aligning to starting that family, working 18 hour days. So I went to a mortgage brokerage when I first started, dr stopped drinking. 
and uh, it was a frat house. And I just realized that I could not be in a frat house because it was partying, different type of mindset. And I'm reverting back to the old ways that I did not want to be in. But I had that social status there that made me feel uh, that serotonin. It made me feel good. So I'm like, oh, you know, I love being here. Uh, I always feel like I'm in a rush. People love me. It's easy to close on sales. And I'm thinking that that's going to be the career that I'm going to have. And then I hit the hard reality of, hey, this is taking you further away from your wife. This is taking you further away of being that man that I actually respect. Uh, so I was sharing that with my buddy last night. And it was awesome because I was able to see that in him. And uh, a couple months ago, I was just kind of shaking my head when he was going through trying to be funny. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, you're going to realize uh, eventually what you want in life, whether if it's right or wrong, what you're thinking, that's up to you. Uh, but you're going to have to make these decisions and sit with them. And a lot of us don't do that, you know, until it's too late in the future to where, you know, it has a lot more impact. And then we start thinking the negative or we start thinking about uh, checking out and suppressing and escaping those feelings. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about kind of how you were saying that your job at the mortgage brokerage didn't align with the rest of your life. And I thought that was a really interesting insight because I think a lot of people deal with similar things in their life and they don't acknowledge it, right? Whether it's a friend group that doesn't fit with the way they want to live their life, right? Maybe it's a job, like you said, maybe it's an organization they're part of, maybe it's, you know, just a bad habit they have, right? But there's these parts of our life that are major intricate parts of our lives, you know, building blocks, foundational parts of our life, that sometimes don't line up with who we want to be or what we want to become, right? And it's sometimes hard to face the idea that, hey, every time I hang out with Johnny, you know, my life kind of spirals this way. Or every time I go to work and I go to work and, you know, the customers yell at me for eight hours a day and then I go home and I then I want to drink and then blah, 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 blah. And then my life spirals out there. Or, you know, oh, I go and I go to the, you know, the church meeting and I hear all these people fight and then I'm exhausted and then I don't want to do anything for the rest of the afternoon and I'm in a bad mood, right? Like these things that we associate ourselves with for whether it be status or even to make a living, right, can sometimes have a larger negative effect on the whole pie. And I think it's interesting that you picked out something like a job because, you know, that's your bread and butter. That's what, you know, gives you lifeblood. But at the end of the day, if it's negatively affecting other aspects of your life, it might need to be something you change, right? Just like your friend, it sounds like, is going to have to make a relatively major change in one or two aspects of his life. And I think that a lot of people overlook the fact that, you know, this isn't always, hey, I'm going to just take care of this thing that everybody universally sees as bad. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, you know, uh, I, I love this conversation we're having, brother, because it's all going back full circle, you know, and it's about that self-awareness uh, eventually we'll have. Um, at one point in that journey, you know, and we're going to have to come to those realizations of what aligns. And that's why I love uh, the story, especially about that mortgage brokerage, because yes, you know, the money was there, but it was how much am I going to compromise my integrity? How much am I going to compromise my life? And two, uh, I seen people there that were doing the same thing I was doing. I was following in those footsteps and divorced, not having relationships with their kids, you know, having the money and having the 
fame essentially within that career or even that uh in the city but it was like they weren't the people that they needed to be in life and they knew that so I was like I can't repeat the same mistakes and then feel empty inside as well all those people at that place are a reflection of what you could have become if you stayed there right I think people don't think about this enough it's like the good old saying you know you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and it's, you know, if you spend most of your time hanging out with a bunch of mortgage brokers, you know, in a frat party atmosphere, that's going to start to work its way into your life. 100%. And that's the one thing that uh, people do not realize. And it frustrates me, uh, deeply frustrates me because I'm like, man, you know, you have to uh, take inventory of who you have around you, what they're saying, what they're doing. And then seeing if that aligns to, you know, your truth, your actions of where you're trying to go. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize that. They're like, oh, this is my friend. They care about me. And what they don't realize is, is a lot of friends don't really care about you. They're there for the good times, but they're not there for the bad times. And they also don't want to see you do better than they do. It's just human nature. And that's how a lot of people are, is they want to see you do well. But if they're doing well, and if they're not doing well, and you are, that's where they may tell you something. So if you come out with this idea, hey, I think about starting a business. And oh, that's a stupid business. I don't think you should do it. And they may come out of left field because of their projections, their insecurity about why they didn't start their own business. Uh, and you start thinking it's you and having the thoughts in your head. Uh, so for me, it was uh, my mom would tell me those things about getting a gym membership. You're never going to go to the gym. You're never going to be consistent. And this is something she told to my sister. And my sister called me and she's like, hey, you're in the gym every single day. How do you do it? And I'm like, oh, because it stems from this belief. And I shared the same thing about what my mom said. What's funny is my mom told my sister the same thing. And my sister started going for three months straight. My mom bought her a year membership. So she was like, hey, I just wanted to say thank you because she didn't know how to get through that situation of hearing from somebody else that she was trying to do better for herself, that she wasn't going to be able to do it. And I was like, yeah, you know, you have to absolutely, no matter the person, block out the negativity that they're projecting because it's just something they're going through uh, that they don't want to face. Yeah, I mean, this this kind of took a little bit of a turn here, but this is this is fascinating to me. So yes, this, this this is this is one of the questions that I've had for a very long time. So people, right? Everybody experiences negativity in their life, right? We always have that friend in the corner that's the grouch going, you're never going to do that, right? You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. You can't do that. You're not good enough, right? And what I've noticed is that there's basically three reactions to it, right? You have the people who let it get to them so much that it immobilizes them. You have the people that are kind of neutral about it where it's like, it doesn't necessarily do one thing or the other for them. Either they were going to do it in the end or not do it in the end. It didn't impact them. And then you have the other people that like actually feed off the negativity, right? Like they like to prove the doubters wrong. And you, you like see these three mindsets. And what I've been wondering is how does the person with the negative mindset, right? The person who, when somebody says, you're not going to do this, they think about that for five, six, seven days instead of actually taking action. How did they convert themselves from somebody who lets others beat them up with their negative feelings into either a neutral, like I don't care, or ideally even a positive where you're like, yeah, I'm going to show them. I'm going to do the best. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do the things people tell me I can't because I'm strong. Oh, that is amazing. Um, 
I would say, I mean, what's crazy is my answer going to be now versus like six months ago per se. Because uh, I'm one of those guys. If you tell me something negative, I'm going to prove you wrong. Uh, I'm one of those guys as well that looks at the whole entire picture. So I will not take advice from someone who uh, hasn't had the expertise or hasn't had the time. You know, it's kind of like taking marriage advice. If they're not married 10 or 20 years, I'm not going to go to them. I'm not going to listen to what they have to say because they may be figuring little things out. Not that they can't yeah. give me good advice. It's just, we need to go to the right places. And for me, I was realizing in my life, that uh, I wasn't getting the proper help from the right resources. And I also wasn't um, applying it to myself. And I'm, and I'm saying this when it comes into it, because I always think in my mind, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. You guys can F off. Oh, that boss, uh, for instance, um, I thought my life was going to take a turn. I thought me and my wife were going to get a divorce. And uh, I went to get a sales position. And I started a business. And um, I started a business partnership with one of the biggest guys in podcasting that failed. And when I went to get a job, it came up and, oh, it looks like on social media, you had on here that you were starting this business. Well, if you're doing this business and you're doing so well, why are you getting a position at our job? And uh, this job uh, recruiter was out of shape, overweight, looked terrible on camera, was sweaty, uh, wasn't taking care of himself. And I was just thinking, I can't work for a person like you. So I ended up saying, removing myself from that. And I was like, you know what, sir? I do not want to work at this company based off the information that I'm seeing, off the visuals that I'm seeing. Uh, it's not going to be a proper fit for me. And it was something to where in my head, I was thinking about, oh, you know, I'm going to prove this mother effer wrong. I'm going to tell him whatever. I'm going to think about this in my mind. But the more that I realized that I kept trying to prove every single one wrong, and I kept using that as the fuel, it was still that burning, that hate, that hurt that it was coming from of not feeling good enough. To where uh, now I'm, I'm more in a place of where I'll laugh at people, especially when they come with excuses or whatever. And I'm like, man, if you were going to get the job done, it would be done. So, you know, if you're coming to me and you're talking about a problem and how I'm going to solve it for you, um, you, you need my help. So if you're going to come to me and you're going to try to be negative or think in a different light and try to impose your state stature on me, uh, then I already know exactly where you are, because why would you be going to another human being? asking for advice or asking to seek a position, if you're already fulfilling that on your own, you just wouldn't do those things. And mm. it's the different light of saying it. And that's why I say like, even if you come from that place of hurt and you want to prove everyone wrong and use that as fuel, you absolutely can, but you need to regulate that well, because if you don't and you keep using that same thing, you may go down a different path that you didn't want to go down. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a really impactful thing to be able to switch that on and switch that off and be able to use you know it as motivation when when you really need it but how does it look when you're on the opposite side of the spectrum where you're somebody who just lets people beat you down with their negativity and their negative comments Ooh, that's another good one uh i would say that's demoralizing um and I've been there, you know, I've been there and just listening to people or um, I've, I wrestled. So I went from a D2 school to a D1 school and I started wrestling and I would get mopped up my freshman year. Uh, I went over 30, basically, didn't <laughs> win a single match and uh, got my ass kicked every single day from the 16 guys on the team was getting hazed. And uh, when it went into, you know, me believing in myself, uh, it was hard because during that time, I also had a dad who's machismo and uh would always call me a little B or just, you're not good enough. You're not my son. And I just felt like I wasn't my dad. And I was like, I don't understand how my dad's this player. He has everything that comes so easy to him in life. 
And for me, everybody thinks that I have everything figured out. Like my whole life, they've always treated me. My family's treated me that way. My dad's been like, well, you've had everything figured out. You're just good at things. And uh, I was like, no. So this popped up when I was in the military later on. And he told me that, hey, you're just good at life. You've always been good at life. And I'm like, man, do you realize like when I used to wrestle and I'd get my ass kicked every day, it was being stuck in the trenches, wanting to kill myself uh, because I felt like there was no outlet. I felt like I had no one to go to that could be that safe space for me. So I got obsessed with being in the gym every single day and working on myself and uh, later on, you know, start reading books and sort of figuring out for me, how do I become the best version of me? And all of a sudden, you know, the way that I'm speaking, the way that I'm talking, I'm coming in a different light to where prior to that, you know, I would live in the things that people would say. I would live in, um, you know, my mom saying that I'm always going to be like my dad and I'm a POS and I'm never going to be good and I can't be a good man because I've never seen that in my life. And, you know, uh, for me, I dealt with death a lot too. So my grandfather was the dad that I always looked up to. He died. And when he died, I had to realize that, hey, how do we become that person that no longer seeks uh, that person to look up to, to fulfill whatever we're missing in our life? So I realized for me, it all stemmed from that hurt of always feeling like I never was good enough and everyone thinking that I had everything figured out. And then I was good enough. And I was like, I wasn't even secure in my own body because of the external world and what they would have to say. Uh, so for me, I just stopped caring and started focusing more on, you know, the inward of what makes me feel at peace, what makes my cup full, how do I show up better for me, because the world's going to benefit off that versus when I'm just giving all this energy away, and realizing that it wasn't uh, enough. Right, I, I think something that kind of trickled in there at the end is the idea that if you're doing something for you, there's no reason to let the negativity creep in, right? There's no reason to let the doubters creep in because it's for you. You're doing it for yourself. It doesn't impact anybody besides you. And it, it, it's, it's, you know, an internal motivation thing. But where I think the problem kind of lies is when you're actually not doing it for you and you don't realize that you're not doing it for you, right? You, you're doing it to appease somebody else and then you're being fed negativity. So not only are you doing this for, you know, somebody else's gratification or to just, you know, impress somebody else or show somebody else up, you're also being fed negativity at the same time. So it's never going to happen, right? I, I think that's really the key there is the idea that if it's an internal thing, turning to that internal motivation should be able to help you get over some of the hurtful things other people say. Absolutely. And I love the way that you said that as well, you know, is, uh, again, you know, we're circling back to the internal versus external, and we just have to get absolutely clear on, you know, what our picture of life is and how we're going to show up in that way. And it continually just shows, you know, especially with all the negativity in the world and negativity like these things to where it's if we don't uh, figure out how we need to get through these obstacles and figure out how to uh, as David Gog David Goggins would say, callous the mind and create, you know, that mental fortitude, uh, it's going to lead us in the wrong way. So when you're able to understand that and say, hey, you know, for me, I need to just take it with a grain of salt, or I may even need to uh, write it down. So like David Goggins writes all the haters things down, and then walks around his house with the letter in his pocket. And for me, I've done those things. Uh, now, that's one of the things I do when I get hate comments, you know, when I say something that's controversial, and I'm laughing, because I'm like, the people that want to argue with you about why you're wrong 
are probably the people that are getting upset because there's some truth to what you said and they know damn well yep. that what you said is true and they're not doing what they need to be doing. Right. Yeah. No, the, the, the your loudest critics are always usually people in, that live in glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I've noticed that if you just scroll through the comment section sometime on YouTube, you're like, yeah, that guy probably uh, doesn't know what he's talking about. But anyhow, so we're getting near the end here. And I wanted to give you a couple minutes to, you know, let the audience know what you're up to next and how they can find more of your stuff. I appreciate you, Bill. It's been amazing uh, to be able to be here, brother. Easiest way to find me is Alundis underscore Havens on Instagram, Alundis Havens Facebook. And then my podcast is The Winner's Paradigm. Uh, the Winner's Paradigm.com is the easiest way to find me, but you can just go to my Instagram and then that'll link you to everything. Cool. Yeah. Um, I invite everybody to check out your show. I'm going to put all the links and everything down in the uh, description so you guys can just go down there and find that. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Disruptive Minds. We're on every Monday and every Friday, so make sure you do not miss a single episode. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time on Disruptive Minds.